Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we're going to preview the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals as both teams travel to Mexico City, Mexico, as or in part of the NFL's uh, international games this year. It's San Francisco's only international game this year, and I believe it's their second time going to Mexico since the NFL has started the international games, but today we're going to get into how exactly should San Francisco scheme for this game. We don't know which quarterback's playing. We're also going to get into why this might be the most important game for the San Francisco 49ers this year. And of course, like we always do, we're going to dive into where exactly San Francisco can secure a victory this Monday night in Mexico City against the Arizona Cardinals. So without further ado, let's dive into it. So again, to repeat the obvious, San Francisco is playing the Arizona Cardinals Monday night in Mexico City. And just like every Levi's South, every Rams game at SoFi Stadium in Southern California, this game is going to be a a red out, I guess you could say. It's going to be full of Niner fans. 82% of that stadium in Mexico City is predicted to be San Francisco 49er fans. I mean, I don't want to get on my high horse and say we are the best fan base in football, but (laughs) that being said, I don't know of a fan base that is this loyal, that will travel to Georgia, to Los Angeles, to the East Coast for Green Bay in 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 a snow game in the playoffs to, you know, now down to Mexico. Our fan base is everywhere. The faithful are loud. They're proud. This team knows it. George Kittle's been talking about it. Jimmy Garoppolo's been talking about it. To put it in perspective, though, there's 83,000 capacity in the stadium they're playing at in Mexico City. 71,000 of those 83,000 are supposed to be, gonna be, Niner fans. (laughs) I, I mean... At what point, like, I know the Cardinals aren't a new team, but their success has been relatively new, right? Fitzgerald and Bolden and Kurt Warner, and I know they had before that, but that's kind of been their success. Kyler Murray, Carson Palmer, 
a lot of their success has been in this, you know, last 20 years of time. And I can argue the last 15 years. And so I understand that it's in Arizona, that that state is kind of a, a booming state right now. And it wasn't when the Cardinals were founded. So I get they don't have a lot of fans, but they have some. I would like to think they have 10,000 more fans that would like to, to make the, the the drive, the flight to this game. But 82%, 71,000 of 83,000 fans at this game Monday night are going to be Niner fans. I mean, give yourself a round of applause. <laughs> I mean, come on, Niner fans. Great job. And hopefully it pays off with a victory. But I just want to say the Niner faith will continue to be the best fans in football. But let's dive into the nitty gritty. Because I think we all know that preparation for a football game never stops. As soon as you finish a game on Sunday, you're getting off day on Monday, which is usually the film review of what you did right and what you did wrong on Sunday. And then once Tuesday hits, it's full speed ahead. Who's the next team? And that is a mental thing, but it's also a physical thing. And the San Francisco 49ers, the, their their management staff, their training staff, they said that they told Kyle Shanahan and said, look, it would be best for the team, the roster, the health of the players that you guys go to Denver, practice in high altitude, and then take your trip to Mexico City, play in a similar uh, elevation, and... That's what San Francisco's doing. They are preparing themselves not just mentally with film, but also physically, making sure their body isn't you know in shock. And I don't know about you, but when I get into an airplane, <laughs> as soon as my as soon as we go up, I'm like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like I, I don't feel right. And so getting themselves prepared, you know, for this, and we already know it's harder to breathe in Denver because of the altitude. We know the ball doesn't fly as far. Well. It's harder to throw, although baseballs fly farther. It's weird, but that's the case. <laughs> that's the case. But for the Niners to do this, and for all the the slack the training staff gets, and sometimes they deserve that. But the medical staff, the training staff, this is smart because what it's doing is is it's that when you hit the field on Monday, when you get to Mexico City on uh, or uh, this weekend that your body's not going to need a few days. It's not going to need a week. It's not going to need like when you hit the field on Monday night, there's not going to be this. Oh, I don't know, coach, I'm not feeling good or, or I can't breathe or the need for oxygen, at least immediately. But despite San Francisco doing all this or on the flip side, the Arizona Cardinals decided not to which I'm not really sure what the idea behind that decision is and maybe their medical staff looked at things and decided not to I'm not sure but there's a chance that they just this could be the difference in the game now of course you have to play the game still you have to go out there and, and perform well and go out there and and execute every play you that, that you're designed for and whatnot. But why wouldn't you want to have at least the health of your players be a priority? 
and it it doesn't always it doesn't seem like that while I don't think Arizona isn't thinking about that it is kind of a head-scratching decision as to why wouldn't Arizona travel what is it one state up and then go down you can be in Denver before San Francisco can (laughs) so why wouldn't you do that it's just baffling to me I don't understand it. I know the Rams, I believe, were, or the Cardinals were just in Los Angeles. So that's an even, again, it doesn't make sense as to why Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals decided not to do this because this is a game the Cardinals have to win. This is a game where you know their season could essentially be on the line this Sunday. Right now, the Cardinals, they're in third place in the NFC West. It, while they're kind of, you know, they are... They're kind of middling out. They're three and six this year. And you just wonder who exactly they are. Or excuse me, they're four and six with Kyler Murray as a quarterback. They're three and six. He didn't play last Sunday, obviously. But but that being said, it's like, why would you not want to have your team health-wise, mentally, game plan-wise prepared for this game? And it just seems like it's another thing that Cliff Kingsbury is doing or, or decided to do that out of a hundred things he's already done that may end up costing them this game on Monday night. But there are plenty of other things outside of, you know, who's going to Denver and playing in high altitude that may cost or could end up being the deciding factor in this game on Sun- or on Monday. Excuse me. Wow, it's not Sunday. It's Monday night uh, for the Cardinals because the Cardinals may have Kyler Murray. They may not. They also may have Cole McCoy, <laughs> or they may not. And to put it out there into the ether, their third-string quarterback, I believe, is Trace McSorley, the former TikTok legend. And if you're San Francisco, I think you're begging and praying, please, Lord, let us play Trace McSorley, because that's an easy win right there for San Francisco. But, alas, the one thing I do find interesting about the Cardinals' Not to say playing this quarterback mind trick, but while they may not be certain of the health of Kyler Murray, who has given San Francisco plenty of fits in the past, the mobile quarterback thing, again, we always talk about it on the podcast. It's a mobile quarterback. San Francisco has had the hardest time with stopping mobile quarterbacks since Kyle Shanahan, Robert Saul, and Nadamika Ryans are, are, are in the Bay Area. But it's not like they have had an easier time with Colt McCoy either. Now, I think we all know that the game against Cole McCoy, while inexcusable, was not the defining loss of last year for San Francisco. They have proven time and time again to be a much better team than that loss. But you do have to wonder, if you're the Cardinals, and I think they're going to do this, just like any MLB team going into the playoffs, you know, we're going to announce our starting pitcher an hour before game time or or you know 30 minutes prior to game time whenever the the deadline is we're going to make you wait and think and think and think and have you know two or three lineups set out to, to figure out who's going to start and to have your team prepared as to who you want to play in that game and now football is very different than baseball but if you're the Cardinals why would you tell San Francisco here's the quarterback you're going to have to prep for and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury, despite maybe how dumb he might be sometimes, like this is the same guy that tried to pick a fight with Josh Norman last year. <laughs> I mean, on the field. So, 
but to, to to give them credit, this is the exact same situation they were in last year, where they were coming to Levi Stadium, and it was kind of like Murray might play, but you know Cole McCoy is probably the guy. You know, eighty five percent leading to Colt, and then San Francisco seemingly prepped for. Kyler Murray and Cole McCoy said, oh, this is easy. I'm back playing at Texas. You know, it's the Red River rivalry in your Oklahoma, and I'm going to kick your freaking butt. That's kind of what it was like. So, but again, I, I I just think that if you're the Cardinals, you have to you have to let this one ride out until game time. And you have to make San Francisco prep for both guys because San Francisco, despite maybe last year, not showing the ability to stop Cole McCoy, they ain't shown the ability, really, to stop Kyler Murray. And the last thing you want is, despite holding the rivalry record over Kyler Murray since he became a Cardinal in 2019, the last thing you want is a mobile quarterback hurting you. And I know Murray's had his fits, and this is a game where I do believe that, whether it's Murray or Cole McCoy, although I do think this applies to Kyler Murray 10 times over, this is a game for San Francisco where you can rattle the Cardinals early. I mean, we've seen plenty of times this year, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury getting into it on the sideline over and over and over again. Uh, If you watch Hard Knocks, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is like, hey, Kyler, what are you seeing out there, man? And Kyler was like, go away, shut up, be, be quiet. And if you're going to get that defensive, to me that shows cracks. That shows a fragile mindset. And if you're in opposition or you or you are the opponent, in this case San Francisco, you see that. You see that Kyler Murray's in his own head. You see that the teammates maybe haven't you know lost faith, but do question the quarterback of like, hey man the heck you seeing out there? I'm wide open and you're not hitting me. What are you doing? And the quarterback's like, it's not my problem. Get over it. Shut up. And so if you're San Francisco, this is a game where you want to put up points early because as soon as you can penetrate one of the cracks in Kyler Murray's mind, and look, I know they had the big comeback against the the Raiders earlier this year, excuse me, but This ain't that same team. This team is banged up. They're fragile. They're broken. And like Steve Young said today on KNBR, we're going to end their season. We're going to make them 4-7. and We're going to push them down further in the NFC West standings. And I do believe that if you're San Francisco, you have to be gnawing at the bit to face Kyler Murray on Sunday. I understand his ability to run, his ability to escape the pocket has given you troubles in the past, but mental fortitude or his lack of mental fortitude may be the equalizer. Where if you can put up 14 points, 17 points against this team early, back them against the wall, I don't think mentally they can come back. I don't think mentally they have the the persevering spirit to come back against, especially this Niners team, coming off two big wins against both Los Angeles teams. And it's not like the Cardinals are healthy. They're not going to have Zach Gertz on Sunday, or Monday, excuse me. Jeez, I keep doing that. 
Uh, Byron Murphy, their star cornerback, he might not play. Buda Baker might not play. DeAndre Hopkins might not play. And their tackle, DJ Humphreys, might not play. Murphy, Baker, Hopkins, and Humphreys all did not practice on Thursday. Now, of course, they have the extra day, so maybe some of those guys can suit up. But my money is not on Buda Baker playing. My money is, is while it is on Murphy playing and Hopkins playing, this team for the Cardinals, they're mentally weak and physically they're banged up. And if you're a team like the Cardinals who, again, are already showing cracks, and then you start to, one by one, pluck away their weapons, like there's a real chance on Monday, not Sunday, they only have DeAndre Hopkins. And if you want to look at the depth chart, okay, you can have Rondell Moore. He's had a pretty good year, but Robbie Anderson, really? Greg Dortch? A.J. Green? Now, I will give the Cardinals credit that if DeAndre Hopkins can play, if Rondell Moore, who is healthy, he will obviously play. But if Hopkins and Moore and Robbie Anderson, despite the years or maybe the down years they're having in, in, in in Anderson's case, if they can get Marquise Brown back from IR, he did practice today, if they can get him back, that's a lot of speed. And if Kyler Murray can play, that's a lot of speed. you got a quarterback that is Jets. You have Marquise Brown, who in the past, while hasn't played in this rivalry, I do think could, could implement himself fairly quickly here. And you also have someone like DeAndre Hopkins who... Look, we ain't got Jason Verrett playing cornerback this year. It's going to be tough to lock him down. And he, he was great against the Saints a couple weeks ago. And so, while you'd like to think that Mooney Ward can handle DeAndre Hopkins, my question does, or I do question how well San Francisco, if all those guys do play, how San Francisco can handle the elite speed Arizona's offense possesses. Now, of course, they have to execute. And again, if you can get in their head they may start to fall apart, which I do think will happen. But again, this Niners team, like my mind goes to the Chiefs game. You got Smith schuster Miko Hardman, Travis Kelsey, you have Pacheco. They're, this Niners team in that game alone struggled with the speed of the Chiefs. McKinnon, and in the past, they have also shown to struggle with elite speed type position players. Now, again, Having a mobile, a mobile quarterback it helps. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about it. It definitely helps because when they can escape the pocket, plays break down, it, it allows speed threats like Brown, Anderson, and Rondell Moore to become offensive threats even more so and utilize that speed. But despite this defense playing very well, I do wonder that, just like I said, that the Niners should or... Uh, their best bet is getting ahead early and penetrating the cracks in the mental side of the Cardinals. If you're the Cardinals, you see San Francisco's defense and you say, yeah, you're number one in the NFL, but we've also seen a Chargers defense, or an offense, excuse me, almost put up points with Gerald Everett and Josh Palmer with as their top receiving weapons. We've seen teams like the Falcons who have Zacchaeus, and Drake London, who is a good receiver, but ain't got much else, put up big numbers against his defense and score early in a game in San Francisco at times has not shown the ability to fight back. So for both teams, really, 
whoever gets out early in this game, while I do think San Francisco has the has shown in the past more, there's a history to them that shows they can they can make the comeback. I just think that this game, really, when it comes down to it, might be the first team that can put up points or get ahead by two scores. They may hold the lead because the Cardinals' defense, well, while they're not great, they have shown the ability to keep them in games, but it's the offense that's fallen apart this year. The offense can't score. Now, part of that's due to DeAndre Hopkins not playing for half the year. The other half is them having their third-string quarterback play, play last game. So I do just wonder, for San Francisco's sake, they need to score early and get ahead. And they're likely not going to have Eric Armstead on Sunday. Or, God, Monday. For the love of God, the game is on Monday, Sterling. Stop, stop saying Sunday. But I digress. They also may not have Ebukam. He didn't practice today or Thursday, but that's because of the elevation. They want to save him. Akinlaw's not going to be back, obviously. Uh, so not having Eric Armstead once again, again, Kyle Givens, or Kevin Givens, excuse me, Hassan Ridgeway, uh, Charles Amenahue, they're going to have to play a big role in this game because James Conner's not a bad running back. And I know that Arizona just cut, you know, Benjamin, but James Conner burned this team last year. I mean, the screenplays and the one or one of the issues that plagued this defense in that game last year against the Cardinals was over-pursuing. And if Kyler Murray does play on Monday, not Sunday, Monday night, I do, or there are concerns that despite having Al Shire and, uh, or, or uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and Ufunga, there have been times they've been undisciplined this year when it comes to pursuing receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. And I do wonder that if on Monday, if Kyler Murray does indeed play, I think he might, but if he does indeed play, that may be a cause for concern for San Francisco. But moving on from the Cardinals and just focusing on San Francisco, I think many fans, including myself, are wondering... What's going on with Debo Samuel? And it's not that he's not a good player. It's not that he, you know he's at times not shown the flashes. My mind goes back to the Seattle game in week two. He had that big run uh, about halfway point in that game. Changed the tide for the offense. But I do wonder, where has he been? He, he's not getting open. He's still a yak monster, but he really hasn't been the contributor I think many of us expected after getting paid big money. And one of the knocks that fans have had on him is, well, you got paid. Well, like, show us something. And I've even seen fans compare him to Jordan Poole, and granted, basketball and football are so different, but fans are saying, you both got paid, and you both ain't shown up. Now, I think basketball is much more of an individual sport than football is, obviously, but... For Debo Samuel, I think because Brandon Ayuk has ascended, and you can see Jimmy Garoppolo finding comfortability in throwing to Ayuk, they now have this new chemistry that they didn't have early in the year last year. 
and definitely didn't have in 2020 due to the injuries and COVID. So while they have kind of, you know, stuck together like glue, and you can see the past few weeks that Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target is Brandon Ayuk. And now one thing I want to mention is Ayuk has been phenomenal in finding space. And I think that's the difference in why Jimmy Garoppolo and more importantly, why Debo Samuel has not been an integral part of the offense. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is one of the best separators in football. His route running is top-notch. I mean, I'm talking top five in the NFL. He's making top corners look silly. Asante Samuel Jr., A.J. Terrell in Atlanta. I mean, he is look at, he's making top-notch cornerbacks look like fourth stringers. That's how, like, he's making them look silly. And while skill sets can differ all they want, if you're a receiver that can't get open, that's a problem. And I do think that has plagued Debo Samuel this year. He's not had the ability to get open. So how do you how do you counter that? Well, if you're San Francisco, you see who you're playing on Monday night being the Cardinals, and you say, okay, Debo Samuel is one of the best players in football. Running backs, receivers, tight ends at yards after the catch. Well, the Cardinals ranked dead last in yak after the catch per reception. They're allowing 6.2 yards after the catch this year. If you're San Francisco and you see Debo Samuel on the field saying, well, whether it's press coverage, he's not getting open. He's not separating. And it's making Ayuk being the default number one. And while Ayuk being number one isn't a bad thing, you still want to get Debo Samuel involved in your offense. Like, you're paying him big money for a reason. He's one of the best playmakers in football. How do you get him involved? And we saw it in the last game against the Chargers. I do think we are going to see more of those screen passes to him, get him the ball early. That way he doesn't need to separate from defenders. Let him have the ball in his hand. Let him kind of be the quarterback of the play, essentially. But also, now that Christian McCaffrey's back there in the backfield, Elijah Mitchell's back from injury, I do think that we are going to see Debo Samuel play running back a little more now. I think we're going to see plays where McCaffrey's lined out wide and Debo Samuel's in the backfield. I do think that against the Cardinals, this is a time where, you know, while it should happen all year, you can put your foot down on the gas a little more against this team. Because again, you want to come out and strike early. Like, uh, if you watch Cobra Kai, you know, it's strike first, right? You always want to strike first. Strike first, strike fast. No mercy, right? It's, you know, it's no mercy here. And if you're San Francisco, how do you show no mercy? Well, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Elijah Mitchell. Oh, wait, and Debo Samuel. Get him the ball early in plays because San Francisco this year averaging nearly seven yards of yak after the catch per reception. That's number one in football. So you have the number one yak team in football in the Niners, arguably the best yak receiver in football with Debo Samuel against one of the worst defenses when it comes to allowing yak at 6.2 yards per reception. I mean, it's first and last. 
you can exploit that if you're San Francisco. And I do think this Monday night, I do think we are going to get a heavy dose of Debo Samuel. I do think that McCaffrey and Mitchell are still going to split reps. That's, I think, going to be kind of the main stay going forward. How do you preserve health? You make sure they don't play as much. Limit how much they're hit. And if you can do that, having Mitchell and McCaffrey, both guys who have injury history, that's a good thing. Now, we'll get into it a little later because it doesn't matter how much yak you get. All that matters is, or it doesn't matter how much yak you get, how many yards you total, you have to score. That's all that matters during drives. I don't care if it's one play. I don't care if it's 15 plays. I don't care if it's 99 yards. I don't care if it's one yard. If you don't score, it doesn't matter. And I talked about last week after the Charger game, it's like San Francisco feels like that that boy in high school that, you know, he, he likes a girl. He wants to go up and talk to her. So he goes up and talks to her. She's obviously showing that there is some connection. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's go hang out. And he just can't close the deal. He's like, man, like, what do I do? How did I mess that up? And you're like, palm to the face, like, it was right there, man. <laughs> How did you mess that up? Like, why'd you run it four times in the red zone on draw plays? Someone call a pass. Someone call eye formation. Someone call quarterback sneak. You had every other option and you mess it up that way? Like, you had four chances, man. She gave you, the Cardinals gave you every opportunity, and you couldn't put it in the end zone. And so for San Francisco on Monday night, this <laughs> you got to finish the drive. And I do think that that's something Kyle Shanahan needs to preach. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Look, last year, they started 3-5. and five. How'd they finish? It doesn't matter if you're down by 20. You can make that comeback. It's how you finish. Now, you want to do everything in your possibility to not be down by 20. But if you are, that doesn't define you as a team. That doesn't define you as a person. If you make the comeback, people won't even care. Like if San Francisco gets down 17-0 early in this game and looks awful, but they go and win 2017... There'll be people out there being skeptical, people out there saying this is a problem, and, and that is a problem. But if you win the game, guess what? And this is the biggest, and, and, and this is why. This is the most important game of the season thus far. And I can argue, look, there's a whole season to go. But this game against the Cardinals on Monday night might be the most important game of the season. It might have the biggest playoff implications because we know the Niners have been inconsistent this year. They play down to opponents. They play up to opponents. It's been hard putting a finger on this team. But this game against the Cardinals, while some may not call it a must win, I think it's the most important win of the season. Because if you win on Monday... You are now in first place in the NFC West. You hold the tiebreaker over the Seahawks. You beat them head-to-head. -head. But even then, on top of that, you are now 4-0 in the division. You beat the Seahawks once. 
the Rams twice, and the Cardinals now, if they do it on Monday, once this year. Well, you only play six division games. You have then guaranteed yourself a winning record in your division. What's the quickest way to the playoffs? Winning your division. Even if you finish 9-8, uh, 9-9, and nine, whatever your record can be now is 17 freaking games. If you can win your division, give your team the quickest route to the playoffs. We've all said this year, if they can just get in, they can do damage. We saw it last year. They snuck in by the skin of their overtime teeth, and they literally took down two of the best teams in football last season. In the Cowboys who had the number one offense in the NFL, and the Packers, who had the reigning and still defending MVP. This Niners team has to win this game on Monday because playoff implications are on the line. Because then you have to play Seattle later in the year in the Cardinals, albeit at home, later in the year again. You don't want to lose this game Monday then have to hope and pray you can beat Seattle on the road in Seattle on primetime on Thursday during a short week. And if you lose that game, you have the Cardinals again. Now, of course, there's a chance San Francisco beats every other team on the schedule and the Seattle Seahawks fall apart. That's perfectly possible. <laughs> like, that could easily happen. But I'm not... I don't want to rely on somebody else to allowed me to flourish. You know, the old saying, take the bull by the horns, take the Cardinals and the Seahawks by the feathers and trample them, stomp on them. Make sure they can't fly ahead of you. How do you do that? You win on Monday. And the best thing about this is the Cardinals right now currently rank 30th in opponent completion percentage, 28th in opponent passing first downs, Per game, 27th in opposing passing touchdowns per game and 26th in sack percentage. So they suck against the pass and they're not getting to the quarterback. And here's where we're going with it. Who do you think I'm talking about, folks? Oh, that's right. I'm talking about Jimmy freaking Garoppolo because, look, I put stats out on Twitter, on Instagram. If fans, just, for whatever reason, fans don't, or some fans, excuse me, they just can't understand how good Jimmy's been this year. He's playing like a top 10 quarterback. It's not flashy. It's not pretty. The jawline is, but his play is always not pretty. But so far this year, it could change. The whole thing could change. It's a week-by-week basis with the entire team. But right now, he's playing like a top-10 quarterback. In certain statistical areas, he's on par with or just behind Patrick Mahomes, ahead of Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Joe Burrow, any other elite quarterback you want to put in the conversation, I can guarantee you I can find some stats that prove he's outplaying them. Now, would I take Jimmy over some other guys? No. But against the Cardinals, I might. <laughs> because Jimmy Garoppolo against the Cardinals in his career has been phenomenal. 
over or almost 1,600 passing yards, averaging 318 per game. That ain't a Jimmy G stat usually. Usually it's 230, 260. 318. 13 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, and 112.7 passer rating. The Niners and Jimmy Garoppolo can move the football vertically against this Cardinals team. They can hold on to the ball all day. They cannot stop Debo Samuel. This defense is soft. And then you add in the fact they may not have their captain, Buda Baker, who has kind of been a pain in San Francisco's sight on defense, at least. And they may not have Byron Murphy. Now, I do think the Cardinals' defense is better than the paper. But if you take away Buda Baker, who was sitting there in hard dunk saying, Man, I'm tired of losing, man. Oh, I'm, I'm so tired of losing. Hey, well, hey, hey Buda Baker. I hate to break it to you, but I don't think you're going to win on Monday night. I think San Francisco, while division games are so tough, that cannot be taken for granted. I do think San Francisco is made of the right stuff, I guess you could say. I do think that San Francisco, what they have going for them, all the positives they have among some inconsistencies... Those positives can carry over against a team like the Cardinals. Fans may be worried about, you know, when's that Jimmy G game going to happen where he throws two or three picks and he's not good. The Cardinals don't feel like the opponent that game's going to happen against. They can't stop the pass. And even if he does throw a pick, you know what you do? That's when Kyle Shanahan can pull the reins back a little bit and say, okay, if Jimmy's kind of being, you know, again, you know, kind of being careless with the football, then let's have them beat our stars. Let's have them stop Debo and Kittle and Ayuk and McCaffrey and Mitchell on short catches, on screen plays. They can't even do that. So I don't think that on Monday night, uh, the Cardinals are going to, you know, this, this seems like another game San Francisco can win. But like I said earlier, you have to finish. San Francisco has the ability to continue drives. Right now, they are ranked fifth on third downs in football. Fifth with a 45.6 conversion rate on third downs. The Cardinals this year are allowing teams to convert on nearly 44% of third downs. The Niners can essentially play keep away here. This is a game where San Francisco can have long, grueling drives against the Cardinals. Now, the best part about this here, and we'll end with this, it's how you finish, right? What what was one of the biggest problems against the Chargers? San Francisco couldn't get the freaking ball in the end zone to put that game away. Even as the clock hit one, two, three. Before that Hufanga pick, it was like, are we going to lose this game because we can't score a freaking touchdown? <laughs> That's what it felt like. But against the Cardinals, I truly believe San Francisco can fix or at least improve upon their off, their their red zone woes. Because not only do the Cardinals or 
not only are the Cardinals not good against the pass, not good against yak receivers, yak running backs, yak tight ends, not only are they allowing one of the worst third-down conversion rates in football, they also rank 28th in red zone defense. They're allowing touchdowns 67.5% of the time. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. I don't care how your drive starts. I care how it finishes. And there is no excuse on Monday night for this Niners team, even if Buda Baker plays, or Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, Byron Murphy, or DJ Humphreys play. It doesn't matter. This is a game where San Francisco needs to finish. Finish their plays, finish their drives, and finish the game with a win. And I do think they get it done. I'll say 31-23. I think San Francisco wins this game by eight points. I do think San Francisco's defense may struggle against Kyler Murray. A mobile quarterback might cause issues, but I also do think that San Francisco's offense should be able to carry the load, whether it's long drives, whether it's yards after the catch. But I do think San Francisco has no problem getting into the red zone. It's getting in the end zone. That's been the issue, and I do think on Monday they can finally cross the goal line and not only be in first place in the NFC West, but climb to 4-0 in the division and firmly plant themselves ahead of the Seattle Seahawks for the first time almost all season and finally kind of say, hey, Philadelphia, we're right here. We're coming for you. Oh, who's that? The Giants? Hey, how's it going? We're right here again. Don't forget about us. This is the game. The NFL has been waiting for the Niners to awake or, 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 or to, to wake up. And this Monday, the rumblings have been happening. Now it's time for the earthquake. Now it's time to go down to Mexico City, tear some Cardinals up, and come back home for three straight games, and let's dominate at Levi Stadium. Got the Dolphins, the Bucks, and the Saints. Three teams that could come in and make some noise. But let's make some noise on Monday night in primetime. Get two primetime wins in a row. Gain that confidence. And let's get the freaking NFC West first place title. I'm tired of being second place. Let's be in first place. I think they get the win 31-23 on Monday night. That being said, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I also want to tell you, if you want to go watch them play, whether it's Monday night or the three home games coming up against the Saints, the Buccaneers, and those pesky Miami Mike McDaniel to attack of Iloa Tyreek Hill Miami Dolphins, the Miami San Francisco 49ers, you're going to want to use promo code 49ers access at SeatGeek.com. Save yourself $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com using promo code 49ers access. 49ERSACCESS. Save yourself some money. Watch these Niners play and support the podcast as well. Also, it's the holidays, folks. I know you want to buy some Niners gear. Use the Fanatics link down in our description. 
support the show and get yourself some Niners gear at the best place possible fanatics.com and follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram 49ers underscore access is currently the Twitter if it still exists <laughs> when you hear this podcast again 49ers.access is the Instagram 49ers underscore access is the Twitter latest updates news hot takes some nice stats to give you a happy morning of how good this team is how good Jimmy Garoppolo's plan follow us on social media and also before we go don't forget to leave a like share subscribe leave that review my name is Sterling Bennett this has been the 49er Access Podcast and stay faithful <laughs>